Good evening and welcome to another episode of Turk Top. It's a special edition here with myself, Gav Mack, and James Green. How are you, James? I'm good. Thanks for having me, mate. Oh, stop it, stop oh, it. Love your little intro as well. That was clever. Oh, you like that? Yeah, very cool. That's from, that's, that's, from, that's from our pal Dan, who was on the phone too, just before we started, uh, who made that as well. He's got, he made the beat and everything. So, uh, yeah, if you want a beat, uh, I'll let you know. I'll also uh, send some links out for Hawley's Bits and Bobs as well. Um, it's a special edition. We are going to be talking about James Green and his career. Find out a little bit more about him, what he's been doing, uh, what his plans are for the future. And, um, yeah, we'll probably have a little chat about Arsenal as well, because we are both gooners all of a sudden. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, via at to Top Football, which is running on the bottom. And you can also follow James on Twitter. His Twitter handle is James Green in UK. So uh, there's, there's a few James Greens, aren't there? Yeah, there's, a, there's literally, I, I think there's more James Greens in this world than any other name. So um, to differenti differentiate, it's been a bit tricky over the years. There's been a few <laughs> different handles, but I just stuck with that one. This one we're sticking with. Good stuff. And did you know, um, I'm not quite sure if you know, James, um, if you put top, top into Google, our name comes up first. Fantastic. There you go. There you go. A little bit about us. So, um, if you don't know James and you haven't heard of James, well, where have you been? If you like his sport, um, he has been on loads of bits and bobs. I first saw him on Sky Sports, but I know he's been around there, um, around since before then. He's on Talk Sport every weekend, uh, talking about the back pages as well, which is pretty cool, uh, with Georgie Bingham, who I absolutely love, and Tony Cascarino, what a legend. Um, he has reported on the cricket, on boxing, on basketball at the O2. Um, he has been at the World Cup. He's done, he's done loads of bits and bobs. But I want to know about the real James Green, to be honest. Um, first of all, what were you doing on Friday night? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I completely cocked up Friday night. Now, <laughs> now, usually in my household, sport is number one, right? So yeah. my girlfriend's aware of this. Uh, if there's a big sporting event, bear in mind, you've read out quite a few sports that I cover and been a part of. There's a lot. Uh, so it doesn't leave much time for anything else. But I made an error and agreed to a date night Friday night. Um, thought I, I, I thought, well, we might get back. I might watch the end. So look, listen. I got in and I when I took, I, I thought I looked at the time. Thought this is great. I've got like twenty minutes left. Fantastic. Twenty minutes left. Bayern Barca probably be really close towards the end. Might be extra time. Thought perfect. Turned on the TV and saw seven two. I. What? <laughs> I'm not mad. Kidding. I'm just disappointed, James. I tell you, I was um, making all these noises, and then uh, the eighth goal went in. I couldn't believe it. And my girlfriend said, "Why? Why weren't you this excited when we were on our date?" Ah, well, well, I'm not being funny. She she needs to understand. She needs to know. I mean, like, I, I, I was at home with my missus, and I just finished watching the snooker at that point as well, which is the most enthralling last leg. The last leg of the play dance this afternoon. Last frame of snooker that I've ever seen. Honestly, uh, is that the um, the sixteen fifteen? It was uh, it was the Kyron Wilson and oh, Anthony Wilson, Gill. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was sixteen each hour. Uh, literally, I watched the whole frame for an hour. I didn't realise it was an hour. It just was so easy to watch, and it had everything involved in it whatsoever i need to go outside and have a little moment i was like <laughs> right and my missus said we are watching the game tonight aren't we i was like you're damn right we are <laughs> so yeah 
So uh, you might need a trader. But hopefully marry, marry her, mate. Marry her. Marry her. <laughs> oh, marry, her. marry her now. We've got a little one on the way, to be fair. So, um, yeah. but um, there you go. It works. It works. I was in LA at the time. Anyway, um, let's learn a little bit about James Green. Uh, James, as I mentioned before, you've been on loads of bits and bobs. As I said, you're on TalkSport in the mornings. You're on Sky Sports. When did you always want to be a presenter? Oh, good question. Um, no, I wouldn't say no, not really. I wouldn't say I, I ever, you know, certainly when I was younger, that was my dream. That was my focus. Uh, I think life throws up surprises here and there and it takes you in different directions of where you really want to go. Also, when you're young, do you really know what you want to do? I mean, I admire those young people who know exactly what they want to do at a young age and just literally that's it. Um, streamline vision. I'm going to achieve that. I'm going to do that. I mean, fair play to them. For myself, it wasn't ever like that. I was a bit unsure, really, what I really wanted to do. Was it? Yeah, it was something in sport, though. That was the key. It was always yeah. something in sport. And then, as soon as I did make that leap and decided, and, and kind of moved and transitioned into presenting a bit, so I would have been about twenty, about twenty-two, twenty-three. That was when I first had a vision and going right. This is what I want to do, but I want to do it in sport. So, yeah, quite a, a few years ago, but I'll let you guess my age, so that's all right. Well, I was going to say, when you were like 22, 23, so what's that, like three, four years ago? I'm confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah about then. A couple of years ago, yeah. <laughs> no, um, it's, um, I, I, lo I love presenting. I think, it, I think it's brilliant. And, um, you know, this podcast, I started it two years ago, almost to the day, actually. It came up on LinkedIn the other day um, when I first started it. It's something that I wanted to do for years, but I, I just think... Sometimes you just need to bite the bullet and just go for it, don't you? And that's the advice that I give so many people as well: is just go for it. Just say yes, just do it. Because what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That. What's the worst that can happen? You don't enjoy it, okay? You stop doing it, or it doesn't go to plan, okay? You do something else, but at least you've tried it. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Well, did you play a lot of sport when you were younger? Oh, mate, football, sport, mad. Yeah, absolutely bonkers. Uh, my mum actually ironically sent me a picture the other day and it was me in a kind of like one of them baby strollers and I had a ball at my feet. And so I guess I would have been, oh, I mean, one and a bit probably. And I'm there with a ball straight away. Um, loved it. Loved every tiny little sport you could imagine. Every bit of it I wanted to watch. Uh, just loved it. Loved football, loved cricket snooker at the time i mean mm -hmm. i have to say snooker i've drifted away from though it's been quite exciting this year um but awesome. yeah sport mad mate absolutely sport crazy um yeah probably from my dad a little bit he was he's very sporty but i took it to a whole new level i mean literally literally a whole new level happy days um i'll see a couple of questions that are coming up along the, the, the right hand side of the screen and they'll be coming up on the screen i'll put a couple out there and if you have any more questions if you have any questions for james i'll be asking some um towards the end of the show um if you don't mind that james by the way i don't mind at all no problem. you don't mind you don't mind so um yeah i, I well it, football is is my number one sport this is what I, I talk about here i love all my sport i've got a basketball hound right now la clippers oh no is that, is that a Clippers hat? That's a Clippers hat. Okay, we need to bring this to an end now. Who's your team? I'm Lakers, mate. I, oh, you're Lakers. Yeah. I'm Lakers through and through. Oh, you're Lakers. I am Lakers from from a really, really young age. Then I lived in a lived in LA for two about two and a half years. Went to see Kobe almost every week at the Staples Center. Went to playoff games galore. 
no, mate, I'm a Lakers fan. Mate, this is how much I'm a Lakers fan, right? I watched uh, this season. I've watched every single Lakers game. I haven't missed one. Mm. Every that's not me with the Chiefs in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> that is me. I don't care what I'm doing. It could be Tuesday night, well, Friday, Thursday night when they put the games on. It's like one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, well, I have a nap. <laughs> I'm not going to get involved and watch it. Yeah, do it, mate. Do it. Not going to get in the way of that. Um, one question that has come through, and that is from uh, James Campbell, who's watching the show. Thank you very much. Uh, question for James: um, What's the one sport that should never be classed as a sport, like dressage, for example? Oh, God, what a that's a really good question, actually. Um, oh, wow, 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 wow. Oh goodness me, that's really on the spot, isn't it? That's what happens with two up top. Oh, man. Oh, I'm, I'm under pressure here. Do you want to sit on that for a bit? Yeah, I might have to sit on the fence for a little bit, James. Good, really good question, by the way. Really, really good question. Um, as long as you don't say darts, then that's all right. So I think that's what he's trying no, to get out of me. No, I love darts. Love darts. <laughs> um, love darts. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I think, do you know what? Dressage is actually probably, probably got to be one of them, really. I, I think any, anything we're, like the horses and they're dancing around. Oh, come on. I don't like that. That's not sport. <laughs> so I haven't guessed your age yet. I'm not, I'm not prepared to yet. I'm trying to work out out as, as we go along. Okay. So you, you started getting into, <laughs> you started working, getting into presenting and things like that when you, when you were in early twenties, um, what route did you go down? Was it, was it down the, did you sort of like go down the, I'm going to work in hospital radio, uh, you know, where, Man, how, my, how did you sort of get that first, little step what were Gav, you doing at that point Gav, my route is 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 very different to most I, I think i believe there might be one other no there's a few others out there actually presenter wise who've probably gone down the route that i've gone but i didn't mean to go down this route so uh i'll take you back um i was i was 22 yeah i was 22 um so just before this all happened but i was i was watching a reality tv show I was watching this reality TV show with my a girlfriend at the time, and uh, it was the reality TV show Shipwrecked. Oh, I remember that Channel Four. Right. Channel Four. Uh, watched it, and um, we were hooked to it. And my it came up at the end of an episode and said, "If you'd like to go on uh, next season, apply here." Now, my girlfriend at the time said, "You'd be great on Shipwrecked," and I thought. <laughs> wow how great is this girl she's like encouraging me to go on this show with beautiful people for months and months away i thought wow how lucky am i what i didn't realize was that she was trying to break up with me and that was her lab, lab <laughs> i was gonna say it's like she's trying to plan something while you're away no That's she was funny. she was that was her way of like ending it um and um but weirdly enough and ironically enough i ended up getting on the show um, oh, wow. so, so i ended up being part of this reality show it was a long time ago so without social media around without the pressures of that it was a, a weird experience a different experience never been on camera before um didn't do it to be famous because that wasn't the purpose of being on those shows back then really it was all about you know a life experience and it was a life experience um came back and a few opportunities then kind of showed my way uh, i was hosting some old x-factor contestants uh, doing some like live gig hosting, like comparing, started to enjoy that a little bit and realized I actually quite, quite enjoy this part of it. Um, mm. And then, and then it moved on from there. And my first, my first presenting job was for a very, very obscure casino channel on a very popular sky channel, 863. And I know if anybody's listening, <laughs> you've all watched 863. 
You well, know what? No, you've gone up a little bit higher, probably. Yeah, I was going to say, it probably, got, it probably starts with a nine. But to no, be honest, probably, we inherited a lot of audiences who had tried to go up that far and just couldn't get it up, which... <laughs> hey, good, good, good pun there as well. Um, I was... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do you know what I, I look out for those sort of things and like you see like shopping channels and things like that and I think oh, you know what might 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 get myself on there but yeah uh, sorry I'll, I'll digress carry on yep uh so no that was yeah that that really was the start of it and that was a really the the time where I thought okay I'm enjoying this is what I want to do and that was really the the breakthrough moment you know it uh, it all come from this show and it was you know I didn't get any I got the opportunity originally from being on the show, but after that, it was just down to being me. And um, I, I remember doing this show for a little bit, and then, and then I went to oh, I went to South Africa. So I went to South Africa mm. for the Football World Cup in 2010, um, and I did oh, this. Project, on to that. That's good. This cool project uh, with Budweiser. It was, but. Uh, do you know what? It's gonna. I'm probably gonna make myself sound like a bit of a reality whore, right? I'm not, but it turned out to be a reality show, and it wasn't what I was sold. Oh, so, gotcha. So basically, I was sold, and I'm sure anybody out there will listen to it. If you're told you could go to South Africa, all expenses paid, and be paid money to uh, represent your country, so represent England as part of this brand new fan experience, go to games, meet the players. I mean, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's just a no-brainer. Right? Where, where so, do I sign? I'll exactly. So that's it. So anyway, I managed to go through the audition process. I managed to get on it, and I was chosen to represent England. And uh, hopefully I've represented England uh, pretty well. Um, maybe not at times, but we'll go on to that maybe. Um, and, um, and lo and behold, I'm out there in South Africa. But we are, we're li- literally, we were trapped in this hotel that was transformed into a house, very Big Brother-like, cameras yeah. in places that... We asked and said, why are those cameras? Are oh, there security cameras? Uh, no, 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 they weren't no. security cameras. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting experience. Um, what shenanigans were going on in that house then? Oh, God, so much. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so, some safer work or not safer work? Where are we going? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, the, the one thing about this show, first of all, the one thing about the show, there was 32 fans from 32 countries in the world, right? all living together so you've got 32 different cultures it honestly it was fascinating i loved it it was brilliant from you know from the outgoing south african guy uh to a cool brazilian guy to like this quiet slovenian girl to you know this really like loud peruvian guy who was just like the most passionate football fan ever uh chilean guy maybe it's a chilean not peruvian actually um and it was it was just astonishing to see how how everybody like interacts with like football and how they react to goals being scored how they react to everything that's happening it's it was a fascinating experience but yeah in the downtime there was a lot of shenanigans um it was sponsored by Budweiser, so drink was just flowing day in day out um yeah there was a lot going on there was a lot that I'm sure a few people wouldn't want to be revealed because of. <laughs> so we just leave it at that. It was, but it was fun. It was great. So did that make it to? to did that make it to TV over here? Uh, not over here. Uh, so it made it to ESPN in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. And then what they they made it as like a YouTube channel. So they did like a YouTube show. And this yeah. was yeah, this is 2010. So we're talking it's about early days. Of- very early days. Yeah. So it was. 
look, we afterwards it was like you look at it and go, wow, they messed up there. They could have made it so much bigger because the concept was fantastic. The concept was absolutely brilliant, but mm. they didn't do enough with it. But that wasn't a problem for me. Like, didn't I? I didn't care about that. That wasn't wasn't why I went there. I went there for the experience. Unfortunately, my experience and going to games. I went to one game and it was England Algeria nil nil, the worst game in World. Yeah, it's nil nil. It was yeah, it was shocking. I remember I was working for that. And I was like, I'll make sure I want to work that game so I can actually chance to see it. Because if I'm not working, I'll end up being busy getting tied up with other things. And yeah. I worked and I stood there. I was like, this is, this is shocking. But, you know, um, I, I could probably think of a worse game, which I've been to. Um, I, I'm an Arsenal fan, but I'm also, also follow Palermo over in Italy. And, you know, I, I actually, I get more passionate watching Palermo than I do watching the Arsenal. Well, and, yeah, at the moment, that's understandable. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah, it was um, it was 2018. Uh, me and two of my friends, we flew out to Italy. We went to Venice um, because they were playing against Cittadella, which is mm-hmm. in Padova. So it's about an hour and a half away from Venice. I was so excited about this game. And a, a win there would have seen us in the top three, which would have made us very comfortable favourites of being uh, in promoting it back to Syria. Well, 90 minutes, no goals, no shots. What? Not shots on target, literally no shots whatsoever. There was like four or five corners and all those corners came from the ball being crossed in and deflected off a defender and going out for a corner. Oh it was, and I was just happy that I was with two of my pals because otherwise if I'd been there by myself, that would have been, well, it was, it was, it was a pretty shocking situation that. But um, right, so you've, you've done that 2010. Mm. You, uh, did, you, did you have much involvement in your own um, 2012? Uh, no, no, nothing at all. So I went to, so after 2010, I moved to LA. Um, mm. so moved to LA to, well, I actually met a girl on this show. She lived in LA for, oh, I'll go over there and see how that goes. But then thought, well, let's see how LA is and managed to get a visa and started working over there. And nice. I worked on a few various projects, but I was really focused on, again, the sports side. And I was very, very close to some really good opportunities there, but just couldn't get over the line at the time. Yeah. Um, so even though I really enjoyed it, I had some amazing experiences in LA, career-wise, it just didn't quite make it. Um, so so I moved back and it was after, I think it was after Euros I moved back, just after the Olympics as well. Um, I moved back, scratching my head, going, right, what, what am I going to do now? <laughs> Did you go and find yourself a proper job, so to speak? Well, in the what are you doing for that? No, mate, I don't. I don't believe in proper jobs. Um, no, <laughs> I'm lying. I'm lying. I've done plenty in my time. Um, no, look, I I went back into working in the industry that I was doing before. I was doing some modelling before, which um, I know sounds a bit shitty and whatever, but you know, it gave me the opportunity in my life to travel the world, which is great. Um, okay. But as regards work, it's boring as hell. It's not as glamorous as it made, as it's made out as well. Um, but then I went back and started working for this casino show a little bit more as well. So they let, they got me straight back in. So I had stuff ticking away, and then it was like, okay, what am I going to do? Um, and then yeah, it was a bit of a it was a, that was a tough period actually. I think moving back from you know a country when you you know when you I think move somewhere or go somewhere or set yourself some dreams and ambitions in your head that are really high and when you don't achieve them it's really really tough and I'm hard harder on myself than anybody could ever be 
You know, mm -hmm. anybody can give me bad feedback, but it won't be anything compared to what I'd give myself. So for me to move back from LA to not have achieved what I wanted to achieve was was pretty tough. Um, How did so that affect your mental health? Uh, badly. Badly. Um, that was that was the only time or the main time in my life where I've had real struggles. Um, mm. And I don't talk about it very often, but I don't mind talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I try and help as many people who are struggling right now. Now it's been, I've, we've had it in my family. So my sister struggled for four years when I was younger with depression mm -hmm. uh, really badly. So I've been aware of mental health issues since I was young. I've been aware of how, how it comes and the triggers, et cetera, et cetera. I've always been the happy go lucky guy. So I've always been a fun guy that I, I always thought, nah, I'm always fine. I'm always fine. Always fine. That used to be what I said. Yeah. Even when I wasn't, now nah, I'm always fine. I brushed it off. It was nothing. But this really did hit me. And the problem was with it, there was a few other personal stuff in my life going on as well, mixed in with a change of environment. Plus, I couldn't, couldn't cope too well how to deal with it. And then I was drinking a lot. Mm -hmm. And that just spiraled me completely out of control i mean that's just it's just the stupid it's so funny i can laugh it's not funny but i laugh at it because it's like what was i thinking well, well, yeah it's not you how's that a good idea when you're feeling like that to be drinking copious amounts of wine every single night in bed alone yeah. um it was a um yeah it was a it was a, it was a tough period i'm not gonna lie you know it's um couldn't cope with anything, couldn't get anything set in my head, couldn't get my goals set where I wanted to go, didn't know where I was going. Um, and because of that, I wasn't in a state to be able to then, you know, reach out to companies or try and actually really pursue what, what I wanted to do. I wasn't just, my mind wasn't there, wasn't thinking straight. Um, so I thought going away for a, a few weeks would be a good idea. Um, the choice of destination, Thailand, probably not the best choice of destination. Really, um, another bad decision in my life, um, and and it really unravelled there. I just just completely lost control. Couldn't cope. Um, wrong environment. Mm -hmm. uh, three week trip ended up being a seven day trip, and I had to jump on a plane and get home. I was like, get away, get out, breathe, talk about what was going on. That's actually quite a strong thing to do, though, isn't it? Because if you are there for three weeks, a lot of people will turn around and be like, well, I'm here for three weeks. I'm going to do whatever I like. But that, for me, tells me the, the nature of strength in your mind to mm -hmm. say, hold on a minute, I shouldn't be doing this. And to get on the plane after just seven days, I think yeah. that's it's, it's commendable. Do you know what, mate? It was, just a, it was just a constant battle. It was just I was battling myself. And, I, and because, again, it was... I always had this thing. It was, I'm always fine. I'm always fine. Mm. I couldn't, I, even then, I still couldn't accept the fact that I wasn't. Do you know what I mean? I still was like fighting it, going, I'm fine. I'll just get some drinks inside me. I'll be all right. But drink would usually, I would usually be fun, you know, and outgoing and I'd, I'd be loving life. But this was having the complete opposite effect. And I never had that before. Yeah. Um, but but no, it was, look, I made that decision, came home. I went straight to the doctors actually, because I was like, look, I'm, I need to talk to somebody. This is getting to that point where I'm a bit, a little bit concerned. And anyway, I talked to the doctor, but the doctor is great. And uh, I always remember the conversation. And I literally sat there and I listed everything that had gone on recently. And it, like I said, there was a few personal stuff that were a little bit more serious. Yeah, but of course. 
everything that was going on with the change of environment, the drinking, etc., all this, the career stuff not going where I wanted it as well added to the mix. He just like he sat there with his mouth open and went, wow. And he went, no wonder you're not feeling great. Like, <laughs> he was like I was like, oh, right. And he said, well, it's fine. Like, you're going through something. You just have to come out of it. Don't do stuff that's going to make you feel even worse, like drinking so much. Mm-hmm. And you'll get through it. And I literally, this weight off my shoulders, like, all right, okay. So instead of me always saying, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm absolutely fine, it was like, it was the first realization in my mind to say, do you know what? It's all right to not be okay. And it's like that classic saying, it's okay to not be okay. And it is. Yeah, of course. There's nothing wrong with that. We all feel like that. You know what I mean? We all go through times where we, we're not as happy as we usually are. And, um, and, that, and that was it, mate. That was my relief, breakthrough moment, weight off my back. Um, I stopped drinking for about six, about a month to six weeks where I was just like, just, and it wasn't that the drink wasn't a problem. It was why I was drinking was a problem yeah, you know? of course. because I was doing that to cover up something. Whereas, so it wasn't working, but I got myself into a routine, started playing cricket again, which I hadn't done for years. So I had something to look forward to every week, got a bit of structure in my life. And all of a sudden just everything, it went away. And, um, and, and that's it. Unfortunately, I've never been able, never been, down that route before again sorry and i know the triggers now i know what to look out for and i'll never go down there again so which is great and i know i'm in control now um, i think it's really important for for men to speak out about mental health it's such a it's such a taboo subject still it really is you know i suffer from from mental health issues i've been on um tablets and i've gone through counseling and things like that and i always offer i offer my ear to many of my friends on my social media and things like that you know if you do want to talk or you can send me a text it's not a problem i'm not going to talk to someone else about you in particular you know what you tell me is is that information that you've asked to for me to keep and i think it's really important that that not just men it just seems to be that men don't talk but i feel that everyone needs to find a way of talking and, and getting it out there and you know, just yeah. do, and doing the right thing. So it's really nice for you to, to open up uh, no, about look, that. I appreciate that. No, look, I feel the same way. And it's, um, you know, this this past feeling of that you always have to be macho all the time. You know, mm. men, we don't struggle with stuff like that. Like, come on, it's a load of crap. And, um, you know, the more people talk out and speak out about it and open up, the better. And we've, you know, fortunately in the last, you know, two two years at least, two, three years, things have got, progress so much more um the heads up campaign that the fa are doing is fantastic um there, there's just so much more there's some great charities out there that are doing brilliant work in this space and and it's important and look we all go through struggles but look any advice that anybody i'd give them give to people is just relax sit down breathe make a list focus on that day by mm-hmm. take day by day what are you going to do every day anything that's your trigger take it away so for example recently i spoke to a young lad who was really struggling and i didn't know him that well but i i just knew from seeing him on social media what his trigger was and what his trigger was was he was desperate to succeed still Mm -hmm. at a young young age so a lot of younger people still need to be a bit more patient than you know because we don't it doesn't work like that we get everything straight away and and if it does then those people are incredibly fortunate um but he was clearly focusing on other people and not him. So he was looking at what others were doing and it was really affecting him because he was 
being envious of other people's success and other people's journeys. And honestly, you can't be like that because it will just tear you up. And yeah. it just gets you every single time. So every single time you pick up this mobile phone that we are glued to, you're going to scroll and you're going to see something. It's going to piss you off. So don't mm. do it. So just just take that away. And I just gave him, I said, look, just take yourself away from it for a while. Focus on you. Don't focus on what other people are doing. They're going through their journey. You can start creating yours and work out what's best for you. And that's it. And, and look, he he was better after that. But look, if I can help one person by talking out, then all the better. That's all. No. That's that's all that matters to me. Brilliant stuff. So you've um you've got your cricket back on. Mm-hmm. You're happy. Um, what was the what was the summer like that year? So did you actually have any cricket? Um, yeah, it was, was it just let's practice. <laughs> no, I think I think it was one of the better years. Actually, I really do believe it was one of the better years, and I I like literally just like fell in love with playing again. Um, mm. yeah, loved it. I realised I couldn't bowl anymore uh, because I used to be a leg spin bowler. When you haven't done that for a while, my goodness me, it's like picking up a cricket ball for the first time. So realized I my legs been bowling days are pretty behind me because I was just too inconsistent and yeah. four four full tosses in and over is just no good uh, to anyone. If, um, if you want to see some real poor leg spinning, um, I, I don't know whether Alex Osborne actually got a video or not. Um, Alex is one of the presenters as well for Two Up Top. And we went down to the nets about, <laughs> about a month ago and I thought I could still bowl. I was doing a bit of uh, any, any form of spin, bit of leg, bit of off. And um, yeah, they were going into the side of the nets and they shouldn't be doing that. So I was like, look, uh, let, me, let me see if I can knock this out for, for a couple of balls and then let's go home because I'm embarrassed. <laughs> We've been there, mate. We've been there. We've been there. But so, fortunately, the batting was a little bit better, so it was all right. That's where you're at. Bats, batsman James Green. Uh, where, where is, is your local club? Well, I'm re- pretty much in retirement now. Uh, it's a cl- little club called Bentley. They're over in Brentwood in Essex. Um, I'm not there anymore, but... I would travel, even when I was living in London, I would travel out and play with them. My godson is at the club. So my godson, uh, his family pretty much own the cricket club. And yeah. so, and actually talking about him, so he's now 12 years old. And last weekend, he scored his first ever 100 at 12 years old. Hold on a minute. Were they, was it him that they were talking about on TalkSport the other day? Were they? I swear to God. Right, I was listening to Hawksby and Jacob's show and they were saying about a 12-year-old who scored 100. Wow. Honestly, honestly, I, I'll, I'll what, 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 day, what day is it? Today is, today is Monday. So I think it was on Friday's show. No way. I swear, to, recently did he, did he hit that? Yeah, yeah, literally. Last, not this week. Last week, weekend, weekend before. Yeah. It was on the one show. Oh, literally, honestly, they, yeah. they said it. I, I heard about this. I'm going to try and find out. Your, your godson is a legend of the area. He, he, the kid, he's, he, he's so talented. Honestly, it's ridiculous. He's a very cocky, cocksure young boy, but he's... It's him. It's him. It's him. They were talking, <laughs> they were talking about it. If it is, I've got to get in touch with his dad and say, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, they literally were talking about it the other day. Oh, God. Anyway, um, as I said um, at the beginning of the show, the first time I ever saw your face uh, was on Sky Sports. Mm-hmm. So how did that gig come around? Oh, um, well, it came around. So I'd got, so I guess when I got myself back in and sorted and then started working, moved on, actually started working on ITV um, for the roulette, move roulette show. So I upgraded from 864 or whatever it was to 
uh, Channel 3, which was a nice little upgrade. Uh, late, still late at night, but, you know, it was all right. Um, and then I and I had a few opportunities in sport from there. So I managed to get myself a gig working for the ICC on the Cricket World Cup in 2015, yeah. uh, which was like 38 episodes of this Cricket World Cup daily show that we did. And it was it was brilliant. It was hard work, um, but it was fantastic. I was then hoping that things were going to progress from there again. Another time in my life where I thought, right, here we go. I've got the cricket niche. This is good. Was in talks with um, Star Sports in India about potentially going over there and doing some cricket stuff. Oh, wow. I had I had like five meetings with them and then it just didn't happen. Um, so I was like, oh, God, what's going on? Um, and then I decided, I was having a chat with um, a friend of mine and she's very successful now, Jules Breach. Who yeah. hosts BT Sport? Oh, oh, sport yeah. uh, does talk sport now, Optus Sport in Australia. She's CBS now in America. She's doing loads. Um, and we were talking, and we said, we said, like, we said about like, oh, what are we going to do to progress? Because she was in the same stage as me at that point. And she said that a friend of hers at Sky Sports News said to get in Sky Sports News now, you need a journalism background. And yeah. I was like, wow, okay, well, let's go and get it. And she went, all right, I'll do it as well. So we both did a journalism course in different places, but mm -hmm. during the same year. So we both did this part-time journalism course, an NCTJ, News and Sport Journalism. With the, I did, we did it with the Press Association. And, yeah. um, and it was the best thing I could have done, mate. The best thing, going back to school, I was 31, sat at the front of the class, did all my homework, um, asked oh, like, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just getting your age as we're going along, guys. <laughs> uh, ask all these questions. I was just like the geek of the class. I was the granddad of the group. Uh, they were all pretty much younger than me. They were all like literally 21, 22. Yeah. Um, but I didn't care. It was great. Best thing, best thing I could have done. Loved it. Finally had a bit of focus in my mind. Um, so finished this course, did really well. Then I started work for a football media company, Dugout, literally straight after that. And that really helped having the journalism background as well. Um, there for a few years, I'm just fast forwarding a little bit. So there for a few years, did some great stuff, worked with the Europa League for a year with Kia. So went out and about, traveled around Europe, um, visiting different clubs around Europe, culminating in the very, very sad final in Baku last year, um, which yeah, was huge. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, and then um, was made redundant from dugout uh, well, just over a year ago, which was a big shame, but it, the company was going down a different direction. Mm -hmm. A lot of staff changes. Um, yeah, that's enough on that subject for now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but after that, it was it was like it was a bit of a focus. What am I going to do? And did this? I've done a short documentary series with um, Discovery Channel, which is due to launch hopefully in October. Still waiting okay. to launch. Um, but that was great. One, uh, two of the episodes actually we did on mental health, which were which I can't wait to see because they were really really powerful, focusing on mental health a lot in like artists and musicians, um, which was great. Mm. So, so Sky, how it came back? It's the longest story to get to Sky, but Sky, how? No, it honestly, we're all ears. I'm listening. I'm listening. So all I'd suggest for any, so for anyone out there listening, aspiring to be uh, presenting or even presenting at the moment and aspiring to get opportunities, what I'd recommend is go on recruitment sites, go on websites, but also the biggest thing, go on social media and follow the right people on social media who are going to post loads of media jobs. There are a 
fair few of them out there who post them. The Media Mentors one. Um, really good friend of mine, Gary Taphouse, who's a football commentator. He posts jobs all the time. And it was one of his he posted up and it said, Sky Sports presenter for a 12-month fixed term to cover maternity leave. So I was like, let's get on with Sky. Um, now, I applied for it, but I'd actually applied before that to some full-time jobs at Sky behind the scenes doing different stuff actually and i got rejection emails literally within a day or two of applying wow. so i had to just fight in, within myself to go you know what ignore that this is new this is a new job let's just apply anyway give it my all and applied and honestly i didn't hear anything back for about four or five weeks i think so by that point i had forgotten i just had assumed that they hadn't sent the emails out and that was it. Um, no, like it wasn't taking up any space in my head. It was like, that was it. It was done. And I just got back from, I think I've been Saudi Arabia um, randomly on a very random job. And I just got back and it was a Friday evening and my phone rang and it was literally about seven o'clock on a Friday evening. And it was a producer at Sky and he invited wow. me for an interview to which I was, completely taken back um you know to be able to even get an interview after what i later found out was around about 500 applicants uh at that point, which um so i was incredibly grateful uh to even get the interview which was just yeah just like a dr dream come true you know it's a sky interview um so i wasn't nervous at all no of course not <laughs> oh, goodness, I can't it. just literally it's unreal um but the one thing you know what I, I went in that interview and i prepped i prepped properly i prepped as much as i could i sought advice from people i knew uh, a friend of mine brian swanson works for sky sports he's one of their chief sports reporters he met really him. have you met him yeah, he's a good <laughs> I, met, I met him in the i met him in the airport on the way back from the champions league final in 2012 <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Like, you're Brian Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's a good guy, and he, he helped me a lot. Helped me prep for the interview, and um, and look, I went and sat interview, gave it my best. Um, mm -hmm. walked, in, walked into the interview, said that two, uh, th three people in the interview. One was uh, a senior producer at Sky. One was Vicky Gomesall, yeah. who's a presenter there, been a presenter there for years. Yeah. Other one, Mike Wedderburn, again, yeah. literally been, been around for, yeah. since day one. I'm in this room and then going, almost like a fanboy going, wow, it's you two. Like, because these are people that you'll that you would have watched from yeah. back in the day. You're just at home watching, like, you know, I've got Sky Sports News on in the background right now, you know, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, you know, that's just just Sky Sports News, isn't it? And then, well, so, I just know you from Sky Sports News. Now I'm on the, I'm on a chat with you right now. So you know, these things can happen if you if you if you put your mind to it. Absolutely. And, um, and it's funny. I'll tell you what, one thing that's funny, though, about that interview. Um, so everything was fine. They gave me a few scenario stuff. Great. Uh, thinking on my feet, no problem at all. Been used to that. Through the years of working on those obscure roulette channels, they didn't need to good because it was chatting nonsense and that's fine. Uh, live TV, all good. Uh, so that was fine. And then, then they gave me a quiz, right? That okay. wasn't expecting. So quiz comes and I'm thinking... Okay, it's a sports quiz to test your knowledge. And I'm thinking, okay, look, my width and breadth of sport knowledge is wide, right? I cover so many sports. So I'm thinking, yeah, this is fine. First question. 
Who are the current managers of Scottish Premier League sides? Kilmarnock, the Hibernian, and oh, somebody else. Dundee United, it might have been at the time. No, I'm done. You, you got me already. That's question one. And I'm going, oh, goodness me. Question, question two, I believe, was can you name two members of the winning Solheim Cup team? That's the thing. You've got to know every sport, haven't you? So I was like, oh, this is not going very well. Then there was one. Then there was a few questions I got. Don't get me wrong. But then there was one with English Premier League managers. So English, British Premier League managers. Yeah. That sounds easy. When you're in this environment oh, oh, yeah. in front of you, I got the four hardest ones and I missed the easiest ones, including... Well, what was, I was going to say, what was the easy one? Well, one of the ones I missed, probably the easiest British manager, I would say right now, who's currently managing in the Premier League. Um, as I walked out with the senior producer, we, talk, we were just chatting. He said, I said, God, that quiz that threw me. He went, oh, don't worry. Everyone found it tough. And we're walking down the steps. And in the Sky Building, there was a picture of this gentleman, a certain Frank Lampard. Oh! And I go to him, excuse my language here, am I allowed to swear? Um, yeah, that's fine. Hey, sorry, anybody watching. But I went, oh, for fuck's sake, Frank Lampard, like that. And the producer just started wetting himself because it was just, and I literally walked out the door, said goodbye to him, walked out the door and I went, oh my God, Sean Dyche. Oh, 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 oh no, like this, just like, and then for for the next week and a half, I was just melting because I couldn't yeah. believe you can get those right. Um, yeah, I understand though, you know, when you put on the spot, I saw actually something on LinkedIn earlier on today about someone who applied for a job and didn't get it because they were nervous in the interview. It's like, hold on a minute, you're allowed to be nervous in an interview, all the thought. It shows you a little bit more humility, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a balance. It's a balance of, I, I think with any interview, it's a balance between, yeah, you could be a bit nervous, but are you too nervous? Yeah, of course. And unfortunately, that isn't, isn't exactly a great trait if you're letting your nerves get the better of you. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Good. Some nerves are good. You ask any footballer who step, or any sportsman who steps onto the pitch, onto the floor, uh, whatever it is, boxers who go into the ring, they talk all, about, all the time about, yeah, get a few nerves. But they, it's a good thing. But if you're yeah. too nervous, your nervous energy is too much, whether you're in a job interview or you're a sports person, yeah, it can be a detrimental effect. So it really can. Mm, good stuff. Good stuff. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I listened to you on TalkSport. I, I heard you on TalkSport on Sunday morning. I was like... Did you? How, I was like, was I good? You're right. That's all right. I'll take that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was good. No, it, it was really good. Um, Joby, who's watching the show, is a very, very good friend of mine. And when we were talking about uh, when we were talking about uh, mental health earlier on in the show, um, me and him, we've had we've had a number of chats. And I, I know he's, he's cool with it. And he said, "Nerves keep you in check." And I think uh, I think that's right. You yeah, know? I like that. Um, I, I agree completely. Like I said, a little bit of nerves is is great, and that's fine. No problem at all. But this show is my baby, and I've been doing it, as I said, for two years, and I'm fine. At the end of the day, I'm just, I'm just, oh, I'm just talking about football. Do you know what I mean? I know what I'm doing. I know I don't talk about football, but literally, five, six minutes before we go live, I'm like, oh, right, okay, right, okay. Have a little psych up or whatever, have a spear, and no. I was like, right, come on, let's go, sort of thing. So I think that's, that's yeah, it's only natural. Exactly the same, whether it's, a, whether it's going on Sky, uh, talk sport when I'm sat right here doing it from home, even just before we go live, you know, there's a few. Little moments, you're going, okay, I'm really buzzing for this. I can't wait. It's excitement, a few nerves. You know, it's, it's great.
That's what How keeps nervous you... were you about coming on the world-renowned Two Up Top show? Sweating, sweating bucket. <laughs> <laughs> you can see a bit shiny still. We know, we know it's been a warm day, so I'll let you off. Uh, right, so uh, back to James's question at the beginning of the show um, about the sport that shouldn't be classed as a sport. you have any thought on that? No, I have uh, I'm sticking with his dressage. Thanks, James, for suggesting that because actually it probably is a sport that I, I can't, I can't, that's not a sport. Um, trotting. Is tr trotting's not a sport. You could bet on it. No, you can't bet on it. Yeah, trotting. yeah, yeah. It comes up, it comes up on 365. When it's on, you could you could bet on that. So that I'm not having as a sport. And esports as a whole. I don't I don't think they should call them esports. Yeah, that's a I mean that's a that's a different kettle of fish. It's a it's just I've got mixed views on esports. Look, I don't get it's not my it's not my thing, but in my last job I did loads of research and I was actually putting a proposal together to get us to try and buy into esports because it was just so big and it is so big. Um, so I get it. I get the buzz of it. Um, is it a sport? No, not really. I think it's not. It's a hard one because people would disagree and say it is. And, and that's fine. It's about perception, isn't it? What you consider a sport. Very um, true. I could, sit, I could sit here and say, I you know if you're sat down and you're just pressing buttons on the controller yeah that's not a sport but then darts darts players obviously just stood there throwing like that yeah no 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 we can't we can't slate darts we love the darts I don't know. Uh, I love <laughs> and clarky says you gamble too much gab hey look gamble responsibly boys and girls right um i am gonna run through some quick fire questions um, I'd like to get your answers to these. It's not um, it's not really sport related at all, actually. Um, but uh, we're going to do that, and then we're going to talk some stuff about the Arsenal. So mm -hmm. uh, I've got I've got twenty questions here. Oh, is that all? Yeah, and it's like A or B, um, okay. or one or the other. So um, first of all, Burger King or McDonald's? McDonald's. Or with friends, uh, Chinese or Indian, you could bring, you could get it back. Indian's fan, mate. Come on. No friends. Not yet. Not until the playoffs are done. <laughs> Chinese or Indian? That's a really tough one. Oh, Indian. Yeah, you saved yourself. Um, blonde or brunette? Uh, brunette, my missus is brunette. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving the eyes. <laughs> or I beef or iron upper? Oh, I beef it all day long. Every day. Um, dog or cat? I've had both uh, cats at the moment. Cat. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. I saw I knew the answer with that one already. Um, Apple or Android? Apple. Work hard or play hard? Oh, God, come on, mate. Both. <laughs> <laughs> that was my philosophy growing up. I would work my nuts off, but I tell you what. I knew how to play hard as well, so yeah. Oh my guy, um, bath or shower? Shower. Um, passenger or driver? Driver. Sweets or chocolate? Oh, wow, that's a tough one again, because I've got such a sweet tooth, you see. Yeah. And I just bought a massive bar of dairy milk literally this afternoon to demolish <laughs> tonight. So chocolate on that. So chocolate today <laughs> could change. Um, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Coffee or tea? Tea. Meat or veg? Or meat. And beef or chicken? Chicken. Winter or summer? Summer. 
Beer or wine? Beer. City or countryside? I've I've lived in the city for so long and I've just moved to the countryside. I'm older now, countryside. I'm old. Yeah, yeah, I'm a village boy now as well. Um, Football or rugby? Football, come on. I was going to say you're a fan of rugby. Yeah, love it. Love watching it. Love going to Twickenham. As a live sport goes, going to Twickenham... It's just unbelievable. I've had some of the best days ever going to Twickenham and some of the worst when we got knocked out of the World Cup to Wales. That was pretty oh, brilliant. God, yeah. But loved it. Yeah, loved what a bad decision that was. You should have just like kicked it. Was it the one way you should have kicked it to touch and he tried yeah. to go first or something like that? It's like, you should have gone to the post. Yeah, you should have got, yeah. So got to the post and he kicked it into yeah. touch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing. Um, yeah. Right then, um, that's, the, that's the quick fire stuff. Um, James, I understand you're an Arsenal fan, mate. Yeah, I, I sometimes try and keep it on the down low because um, I always... Uh, you, you, I heard you say it on the radio yes, uh, on, uh, yesterday morning. Yesterday, so, uh, Sunday, I did say it on the radio. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I say And it's not like I'm hiding it. It's just sometimes, especially, for example, when I, when I was doing this show on Sky, it was always good to be neutral because you didn't want anyone to think that you've got an agenda by it because of who you support. And actually, yeah. I'm yes, I'm an Arsenal fan, but look, I, you won't find me having an agenda over Tottenham or uh, Chelsea yeah. because I'm an Arsenal fan. I will look at everything subjectively. If they're performing well, they're performing well, and I'll praise them for that. I'm the same. Like, um, we have, as, as you know, we, we've got the podcast. That's what we do. We've got our little team. There's a number of people in, within our team that support different clubs. But there's one particular podcast that we follow a lot of, and we have a very strong relationship together. And it's a Spursy podcast uh, ran by Richard Saber. And it's funny because he's like a he's like the most honest Tottenham fan. Even though it spurs everything, it's not, if that makes sense. And I'm yeah. the same with Arsenal, you know. I'm an Arsenal fan. Everyone knows me, knows I'm an Arsenal fan, but as far as I'm concerned, football comes first. And I I, I will sit there and just eat as much knowledge as possible about about football, in particular the Bundesliga, um, but the Premier League is is what is sort of like my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it, any football on. I don't care what it is. It could be it could be Doncaster versus Plymouth if it's on the telly. I'm watching. Hey, it. Don't knock the Green Army. All right. Well, I watched Livingston versus Rangers yesterday, and that was that was a couple of hours I'm never going to get back. But yeah, that's a know, different story. But um, yeah, the Arsenal. Um, FA Cup winners this season. Do you think that is the remark of a relatively successful season from Arsenal? I think it's a mark of a a surprisingly successful season, actually. And it's also a mark of where our success levels are right now, that we can actually call that a successful season. You know what I mean? That's where Arsenal are at right now, that an FA Cup victory is a successful season. Mm. Um, look at how this season started, ended last. Sorry, how the season, how the season before ended last year, yeah. Uh, and then how this season started with the manager change, with all the issues, the Granite Xhaka situation, Meza Özil situation, to end the season beating Liverpool, Man City, and then Chelsea, and winning the FA Cup. I don't think we could have asked for any more. I think. Mikel Arteta has just performed miracles. I think he's a he's a very interesting guy, very a good guy, humble guy. Uh, I interviewed him actually just before uh, coronavirus hit, which obviously he got. Oh, so he ended up getting, yeah. I was a little bit worried myself for a minute, but um, 
and he but he was he, he was so great how he spoke he was very open very honest very smart very articulate but one thing that really stood stead with Arteta was he had a plan yeah and day one from when he had his first interview uh with our Arsenal TV I believe it was Arsenal Media that first interview everything he said in there is what's happening he had this plan he had this focus he had an idea uh and what he's done is found a way of playing with this squad of players that is going to be the most, give us the best opportunity possible for success. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that by playing that way is going to win us the league because it's not. Doesn't yeah. mean by playing that way is guaranteed Champions League football because it's not. But what it means is with the current crop of players, that is the best we can do. And that's what he's found. I think he's found that way right now. Add some new additions, hopefully, uh, come some. Obviously, we've seen Willian come in as well already. Get some more in. Strengthen defensively. We've got Saliba coming back off his loan spell. So hopefully, we can put a bit of faith in him. And hopefully, he hits the ground running because there's no guarantee he will do. Um, look, let's just be patient. Let's just hope as steadily we're going to build up and we're going to get better and better. If we see improvement, that's all we can ask for. But let's just not hope for miracles. One player that I really enjoy at the back is Pablo Mari. And I, I knew a little bit about him before. Um, mm. I've seen him a few times because, as I said, if it's football on the telly, I'm watching it. Um, but then the first time I actually watched a full 90 minutes with him involved was the World Club Cup game with uh, Flamengo versus mm. Liverpool. He was at the back then. I think if he plays for Arsenal, that is going to make a massive difference to our back four. Um, it's because I think we should go back to a back four as well. I really think we should. Um, he's left-footed, which you, I think you need if you're playing a back four. And then with Saliba, I don't think David Luiz will be playing much next season, which it's difficult because which David Luiz is going to turn up, the one against Man City or the one against Man City? You know, so <laughs> which, one, which one are we going to have? Um, I think... I think with with Mari and potentially this this new Gabriel um, Gabriel from from um, Lille mm-hmm. might be coming in. There's talk of him. I think Arsenal defensively might have themselves sorted out a little bit. Goalkeeper wise, though, would you give Martinez more of a run? What a great, would... but what a great problem goalkeeper wise. I love it. It's yeah. Yeah, when's the last time Arsenal had that? Tottenham started with Joe Hart, and we're, we've got you know, and we've got this battle between two goalkeepers who are absolutely fantastic. Um, for me, right now, I would you can't swap Martinez out. He's done nothing wrong. He's been superb. He's been yeah. absolutely superb. Incredible. And Leno is a great keeper. But Leno has still made a couple of mistakes. Now, look, every goalkeeper makes a mistake. Don't get me wrong. I'm well aware of that. Look at Edison the other night. Oh, God, yeah. But Martinez has done nothing. Nothing wrong. There's no way those gloves should be taken off him. Leno's just going to have to wait. That's just how it is. Um, Martinez has been brilliant. I think he's been he's so confident on the ball. His shot stopping has been fantastic. His distribution has been very good. He's, mm-hmm. he's just very good with his feet. He's just brought this confidence to the uh, back line that we didn't have previously. And I'm not saying that's Leno's fault at all. That's because the defense, defensive unit were playing so badly. But but it's a great problem to have. And I think Martinez Martinez would should start the season. Yeah. But we'll see. It's Arteta. You never know. He'll stick to his guns. But he, he's strong enough to go, Leno, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to wait. 
Yeah, very true. Um, one club that have got a bit of a goalkeeping issue slash crisis, but at the same time, they're looking at ways of improving that is Man United. Because there's been issues with, with David De Gea at the, throughout the season. He's made more got he's made more mistakes that have led to goals than any other goalkeeper in the last two years in the Premier League. Henderson's gone back there and they still have Romero. Now I've got a question here from from uh, it's actually my friend um, Carl Clark. Um, his name on Twitter is is Clarky Tash because I think they share it. Um, in fact what are your thoughts on sharing your social media with your other half? Not for me either. Um, <laughs> he's a friend of yours, so I'm not going to offend him. Not, not, not for me. Uh, only because, to be fair, my, my other half and I, we are so different. So she would be doing all fashion-y and lifestyle stuff and pictures of vases that she's picking up left, right and centre and turning our house into a jungle right now. And there's me. It's just pure sport. So that's why I wouldn't. But look, fair play to you. <laughs> well, his, um, me, his, if it works for you, that's all good. <laughs> it works, it works. He's asked the question to the pair of us actually. Um, thoughts on Manchester United and their direction? Uh, where do you think they're going? Give him hope. What direction do you think they're going in? Oh, look, there's I, I think there's first of all, there's loads of hope for Man United. Um, Man United have impressed me so much since January, since they bought in a certain Bruno Fernandes. Now, I, for one, had seen a lot of Bruno Fernandes before. I mm. knew what sort of player they were getting. Everybody at the time was focused on, oh, he sounds great. He's got goals and assists. But it's not just that. He just controls the game. Yes. He runs the game. He's your Kevin De Bruyne that Man United have been craving. He Everything should go through him. He is so, so good. The amount of times he makes the right decision is just unbelievable. Mm. He very, very rarely makes the wrong decision, which I, I find for a professional footballer just, just phenomenal because it's it's so tricky and tough to play at that level. Um, I think there is so much to be excited about with this Man United side. This season, for me, we've finally seen a United of old who yeah. played excited, exciting football, pacey football. Swashbuckling at times. They've been unbelievable. I mean, mm. look at you know that front three and Greenwood, how he's progressed this year, the opportunity he's been given and progressed is unbelievable. I mean, look, start of the season, Daniel James was the new kid on the block. He started, uh, I think, well, certainly the first, I'd say the first quarter of games, if not maybe a first third at least. Your friend yeah, would be. Yeah, he's, he's, um, I think he's, I think he's <laughs> featured in, I think he's been featured in 25 games. But it's, it's his first few games where I think he scored three in his first four or five games. And it was almost like, yes, here he is. We've got him now. He's going to be like the new sort of saviour. Mm. Uh, I think. That was a little bit too much pressure to put on him, if I'm honest. But Man United fans need to remember this. At the beginning of the season, if you turn around to any Man United fan and said you're going to make three cup finals, uh, cup semi-finals, sorry, and finish third in the Premier League, they would take that. And oh. I, I think it's just that feeling is that when you get there and you do lose in the final, it's like all the semi-finals, like oh, it's gut wrenching, isn't it? It's the hope that kills you every single time. It's the hope that kills you more yeah. than anything else um it's that hope of oh actually we god we could do this and it's shattered and taken away from you look uh, look i i really do think uh only good Solskjaer has done an unbelievable job this year and i i really mean that because all in the media so many of the fans were going he's not right for us he's not right for us Poch leaves Tottenham. Let's get Pochettino in. Let's get Pochettino in. The United board stuck by Solskjaer. They stuck by him, which I thought was 
completely admirable because we have, don't really see this loyalty in football anymore. But they mm-hmm. stuck by him, understood where he was going. They backed him by bringing in Bruno Fernandes. And then, I mean, look, come on, let's look at that. You've got Martial, who, by the way, on his day is just unreal. And actually, he's been brilliant. Rashford, uh, Mason Greenwood. In behind that, you've got Bruno Fernandes. Just behind him, you've got Paul Pogba. You get him firing. That's frightening. Yeah. That's frightening as a attacking force. Um, what United need to do is just sort themselves out defensively. They need a left back. They need a, another centre half for sure. Uh, I thought Wabasaka was great this year. He's he's improving a lot. Still needs a bit of work, but he's his pace to of recovery is he just doesn't get beaten very easily at all. He's so, originally a winger, hasn't he? Isn't he? So that's where he got his pace from, and now it's sort of. Honed into defensive work, and yeah, I think defensively he's got the right idea. Yeah, I think with Wambasaka one on one, he's really strong. Where he does need to improve is when that ball comes in the box. He yeah. has a tendency at times to just switch off and drift away, and that's the difference between the very best and then the, the level below it. Um, but look, United fans, oh, you should be excited, should be excited. I'm sure there'll be uh, money to spend. The fact that you were linked so heavily with Jaden Sancho. A player that would have cost you, you know, 100 million or close to, means there's money in the bank. There's money to spend for sure. Just, just have the patience. But trust me, that the signing of the season last year got Bruno Fernandes in. He's going to be starting a full Premier League season. Mason Greenwood's going to be a year more experience. Martial's got better and better. Look, I think the future's bright. They just need some more off the bench. They need some more quality uh, in their side. But look, they came third. They were out dead at the ferry. They weren't anywhere near. Arsenal coming. beat them on New Year's Day. I was at the game. Arsenal beat them on New Year's Day. Arsenal looked good. Yeah. <laughs> Arsenal looked really good. And I think that put and Arsenal we in sixth and Man United were like ninth. And I was yeah, like... We, and we, by the way, Arsenal were not good. We just were good no, that no, day. No, because... no, no, it's what I mean. No, on the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the day. Like yeah. the first half, I just thought we were... Yeah, we were brilliant. Um, but yeah, look, the turnaround at United's been special. And... Um, yeah, your friend should be very, very hopeful. I, I think look, they're not gonna they're not gonna get up to Liverpool Man City next season just yet. But trust me, they'll close the gap for sure. Good stuff. I've got two more questions. Um, one from the floor and one from myself. So uh, the one from the floor, it's um, my friend Kevin over in Norway. He's a Norwegian. How many Norwegians do you know? So that's a side question. <laughs> How many Norwegians do you know that are Wiccan Wanderers fans? Oh, none. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, well, this guy is. This guy is. And he would like to know your thoughts on what they, what you think they'll do in the Championship next season. Do you know what? The Championship is is literally the most exciting league in the world. It is brilliant. And a, a club being promoted has got just as much chance as get, of getting up and getting close to the playoffs as a team that's just come down from the Premier League. Um, yeah. it, it can be like that, the Championship. Uh, it's a really, really tough league. Uh, Wickham, look, it's gonna. It's, I'm not gonna lie. It's gonna be real, really, really tough for them. But I tell you what, if they showed a grit and determination, they showed to get promoted. Then, and, and a little bit of investment as well. You know, I think they can. I think they can survive, and they, I think they can do all right. Um, but be excited! If I'm a Wickham fan, I'm buzzing right now. The excitement of playing in the Championship. Some of the big games you'll be playing uh, next season are going to be just unbelievable. They're going to be able to go away to the county, go uh, to the city ground. They're going to be able to go away to Hillsborough. They're going away to, you know, to Harrow Road. 
They're going to play what? Yeah, local, local big team. Yeah, look, it's um, fairly local. Anyway. Uh, look, <laughs> huge teams down there, um, or up there now, as it is for your friend, uh, Wickham fan. <laughs> but, but look, really excited. I think they've got, look, they've got every chance of um, staying in the league. Again, they've just got to play with that determination that got them into the position they got, that they have now. So, yeah, exciting okay. time. And uh, a final question from me. Um, what's what's the future? What where, where's James Green in the next two to three years? Oh, um, look, I'm somebody who lives my I live my life a little bit present. You know what I mean. Uh, mm. I try not to think too far ahead. Uh, I never have done actually in my life. Um, only recently, when buying a house and being all settled, that maybe now I'm starting to think a little bit further ahead, personal life and all. But uh, but at the moment, career wise, look. Keep hustling, keep battling away. Um, you know, you you it's you get through the doors at Sky Sports News. It doesn't mean that's it. You know, the the work and the hard work that goes on behind the scenes. I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a constant battle. I'm freelance there. I'm not a permanent member of staff, so mm-hmm. I have to fight for every single opportunity that potentially comes. Um, you know, for example, I'm hoping, hopefully, on Friday I'll be at Reading actually to interview uh, Josh Laurent, who's just gone over there um, through. Again, building relationships with his agents. Um, so I speak to you now quite regularly. They give me a few updates on players and trying to help them out a little bit more with a bit of profiling for their players. Um, so, yeah, just battling, finding finding for that opportunity. You know, the talk sports stuff in the morning is great, but, you know, I want the next level. You know, I'm waiting again for that next step, that next opportunity. But what I will do to get that next opportunity is just give everything my all. So, for example... Mm-hmm. You know, on Sunday morning, I have to get up. I get up at 5.30, um, 5.30 in the morning. The show starts just, I'm on just after seven. Uh, but the night before, I'll make loads of notes. I'll read through loads of uh, newspaper websites to find out what's, what the biggest stories are, what people are talking about. And I, I just give it my all because you never know what opportunity is going to lead to something else. So even though maybe, you know, you do... I don't even even look, look you go on a podcast or you, you, you do, go on a podcast discussing something you never know who's going to see that podcast now it might not be paid it might be free and you just do it because you know that you do the best you can and you never know who's going to be watching and and that's the advice i'd give any, anyone out there and trust me i do it myself uh, any opportunity to work i i give it my all i, I plan properly i prepare properly no shortcuts whatsoever um that's the most important thing because too many people now they still expect things to happen like that. And trust well, me, of course, yeah. you've got to work for it. You've got to hustle. As your friend just said, I've just seen it come up on the screen. It is all about the hustle. Uh, knuckle down, put in the hard graph, because honestly, if you don't do it, there's someone else out there doing it and they'll get your opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I'm a firm believer of that. And that's why I just, somebody wants to try and out- outwork me, bring it on because I tell you, they need to bring their A game because I will work so much harder and I'll push myself so much harder and I'll research and read and I'll sacrifice downtime to make sure that I'm putting in the best hours I possibly can. I think I need you to have a word with some of the boys on though. But um, no, James, <laughs> um, it's been absolutely brilliant and I'm so thankful to be able to have you on, on to up top. Um, yeah, that's a yeah, that's that's all I've got to say. Really, I, I really am thankful. You can follow him on Twitter. The the Twitter handle has been going across the screen the whole time. James Green in UK uh, because there are a number of James Greens knocking around. Um, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Top Football. 
you can listen to us on all major podcast providers as well, which is pretty cool. And did you know, if you put Top Top into Google, our name comes up first. Thank you very much, everybody, and goodbye.